someone that's no slouch when it comes to history himself, Richard Bay, veteran TV and radio talk show host, and uh, the host of the Richard Bay Talk podcast, which is available on the YouTube and wherever podcast is available, is uh, kind enough to join me in studio. We're going to take your calls in just a moment. All Richard, right, listen, is- as long as you brought up history, I mean, I want to give him a plug, and you should have him as a guest. There's a guy named Bruce Carlson who has a. Uh, uh, um, a podcast called My History Can Beat Up Your Politics. And he covers every. I learn something every time I listen that's to a, it. That's a great. You know, maybe you recommended this to me, yeah. or I, I've heard someone else that I respect uh, tell me about this. I'll check it out. Yeah, and when I, when I come to town, I usually take him out to dinner because uh, he's not employed right now except for the podcast. And that's my way of supporting his podcast. And it's terrific. I learn something. Every time I listen to I, I will uh, definitely give it a listen and, and invite him on the program. Now, as you alluded to, you spent you know, the bulk of your life as a New Yorker. These days you're living in Florida, but you still come up to New York pretty regularly. Uh, usually you get a lot of uh, cultural and various New York experiences that they don't have down there in Florida uh, in when you're up here visiting. What have you done on this I, trip? I saw two plays, one of them... The title was the most provocative thing about the play. It's called Russian Troll Farm, mm. and it's set in the IRA um, um, dissemina- internet dissemination information uh, during the 2016 election with all these Russians who are trying to get – trying to depress the, the black vote and trying to get people to fight with each other. And Christine Lottie, who's a wonderful actress – in fact, this was the best part of the play. Drama? Comedy? dramedy mm-hmm. <laughs> and Christine Lottie uh, you know she's now like 71 or so but she had this monologue that was just beautiful talking about her life in relationship to the government from Stalin to the communism to Gorbachev to uh, Putin mm. and how she acclimated to each one of those things and it was a beautiful monologue the second thing I've been dying to see it it's well, one how, of, how was the play I just said it wasn't uh, very The title good. was the best part, I guess. That's right. Okay. It was pretty turgid before. And then she had this monologue, and I went, wow, that was beautiful. She mm-hmm. did a great job. And then at the end, it was sort of like, oh, Hillary lost, and Trump is up there, and we're all supposed to have this catharsis. You know, they have video screens, and, and video screens throughout the thing, and we're all supposed to go, oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. It's, well, it, it's over. It happened. Right. Years That's ago. it. Right, right. right. So the second thing, this play I've been dying to see. I've entered the lottery every time I come to New York. It's one of my favorite plays. I saw it at City Center in 2012, and it brought me to tears at the end. It's a Stephen Sondheim musical called Merrily We Roll Along. Mm. And what it is is it starts off in 1976 and then works. It's Every year it goes backwards until you see the, the three friends who are the principal characters Full of idealism. The very last scene is them talking about they're looking. They're on the rooftop of a tenement, and they're all poor, and they've all just come to New York from college or the army, and they're watching Sputnik for the first time. They all went up there because they heard it was going overhead, and they're going, "This is our time. Look what's happening. It's going to be a you know a wonderful world that we're going." And they're all very talented people, but you see by the you know from the start of the play that one of them has sold out, one of them has become an alcoholic and uh, and very depressed. And That's kind of cool that the story's backwards, The though. story's backwards, yeah. And so I wanted to see it on Broadway. Tickets were like $450. Uh, 
It's the highest grossing show on Broadway. It's got Daniel uh, Radcliffe. Wow. And um, what's the other guy? Uh, Graf Grof, who's also a big star, was in Spring's Awakening. And uh, I thought, oh, my God, I really want to see this. But I'm not going to spend $400. So on Super Bowl Sunday, I went there and I figured, who's going to go to the Broadway show on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, I went there. They were sold out. And then somebody shouted from the back of the ticket booth, we have one that opened up. So I got an orchestra seat for $199, the most I've ever paid. But I was disappointed because the three principal actors are terrific. But it's more like a fan concert. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe comes out. The audience goes crazy. uh, Jonathan Grafe comes out. They go crazy. Daniel Radcliffe does a leap into the air, and they go, which is totally out of character. It, it the production didn't move me at all. So definitely not worth four hundred bucks. Well, I, if if you're a big fan of Daniel Radcliffe, yeah, go see it. But I, um, you know, I, I when I go to the theater, I want to feel the hairs on the back of my mm-hmm. neck stand up. I when I saw Leopoldstadt, for instance. I keeled over crying. The woman in front of me said, are you all right? And she handed me a tissue. I couldn't stop crying. I was just in London. I saw Sunset Boulevard, the production that's coming here. When it was over, I walked out of the theater chanting, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And you'd God. seen Sunset Boulevard before. And I'd and seen it. Was it. Still this that is, no, this is a completely different uh, oh, really? interpretation of Sunset. It's like you're tra- trapped in the mind of a schizophrenic. Of a delusional oh, schizophrenic. That sounds terrific. All right. A lot of people very eager to chat with you. 800-848-9222. Richard Bay is here. Mary is in Pennsylvania. What's on your mind, Mary? Hi. You were talking about Fannie Willis, and I was wondering about all that laundering of money. But what I really wanted to ask was, what, why was she wearing her dress backwards? You know what? I wish I, one of the lawyers had brought that up because that's a reason to disqualify her. That would have been, that really ha- is pertinent and uh, is relevant to the facts of the case that are going on in terms of these indictments. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank Th- you. Thank you, Mary. 800 <laughs> Robert is in Suffolk. What's on your mind, Robert? Hi, Frank. Basing uh, your... N- net worth on market value of property in part decide what other monies you have is not fraud when a realtor a licensed third party says okay if you were bringing your property to market now you would likely get whatever number of millions for it I, that that might be true, but it doesn't make a 10,000-square-foot apartment magically uh, zoom into 33,000 square feet. And it doesn't make Mar-a-Lago worth $729 million, okay? The exaggeration, not only of its net worth, but the size of the property, the potential uh, 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 market value was so exaggerated. It was never mentioned when he went to the bank that that Mar-a-Lago is actually a social club. It's 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 his residence, but it under under Florida state law, it can never be used as anything other than a social club. That's the law, and it's also one thing 
to tell the bank one thing and then tell the IRS mm-hmm. something completely different. 